listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Welcome, everybody, to our, which is our third in this series, and um, thank you for some of the nice uh, comments that were sent in. Um, We're a work in progress. We're trying to see what works the best and what what, what we might bring to an audience that would be creative and helpful and so we're still experimenting. Now, one thing we found out in our last one is that we'd like to spread the vulnerability out more. Um, Ray was uh, kind of going to get it all on something we're calling just direct therapy with Ray. And me being the therapist, I'm going to be more trying to make that more um, an equanimity between those two that um, could have both our lives in it and and also give some suggestions of how and the attainment of a higher consciousness that um, the steps we could take, Ray in the middle years, in the 40s somewhere, and me coming into the 80s, um, each level and generations have um, different exposures. So we're going to, I'm going to point a direction kind of a ladder, even though it'll be different for both of us because of our ages, um, my many years in the world and a lot of work I've done in this area. <clears throat> and uh, Ray will have a version, and I will, and we'll try to speak to that and see what our different experiences are. So now we're ready to see if we can build on this. Another important part about just striving for another level is attention. Attention. The power of attending. So just you and I in this room, an attention and an attunement to each other. There is normal attention, attention that we both use in our work, Ray on the job, 
me with the trumpet, trying to attend the reading of it and so on. And there's something now called the next attention. It's a different attention. It's attention that that first place is more centered in ourselves, it's more present, it's connected to the part we spoke about on the last session. Maybe I didn't give it a name, but um, one thing in this journey what is really needed is a magnetic center. Magnetic center is something inside us using that um, facility we talked last time about uh, the witness as a security camera photographing everything at a functional level of life. Witness to that. And then we need a center inside ourselves, given many names in the traditions, um, more of an essential self rather than the false I and the ego. This base camp essential self can now help us to remember ourselves, help us to call us back, um, see when the attention is gone, see when we're in daydream land, and this part of us that's saying, okay, we took a little break, smoked a cigarette, had a drink, so now come back. So that for both of us could... So, Ray, for you, the sense of this part called the magnetic center. That kind of is the... What would be the... Say the switchboard where all these impressions come in. The switchboard to say all these activities, all these functions, all the things we say and think, that this switchboard kind of lighting up and saying, okay... Let's come back now. Let's come back to the sensation of ourselves. Let's come back to not taking these passing thoughts as they're just associations and just let them go by. Begins to center and ground us. What does that mean to you? Well, I I get it at at a level, but I, I get more of the, you know, the exterior impressions and... and just the day-to-day drama that you're filled with and how, where that takes me. Yeah, well, that's that's the part of... Yeah, that's 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 it in action. You yeah, know, I get that way, way better than I get a magnetic center where I can filter it out. You know, I get, you know, going to have a drink and having a cigarette, and I get hanging out with friends, and I get, you know, running around and, and all that kind of thing. I, that's more or less my home versus a magnetic center that's quiet and can differentiate between, like, what I should take in and what I shouldn't, you know. I shouldn't watch the hills, but I will. And I shouldn't be watching, you know, Jersey Shore, but I will. You know, I mean, it's great escapism from the reality of a of a of truth more of a deeper truth. You know, I'm, I mean, uh, uh, but I want the deeper truth. But it's it's uh, it's just that uh, you know I'm in a constant struggle and battle with it. Mm. 
Yeah, know, I mean, day so, to day. So am I, yeah. So is anyone that's climbing this ladder. The struggle of day-to-day battle, moment by moment, even put it down to that, even more than day by day. Right now, both of us are feeling impressions are coming in the moment. We both... Well, I get it. I get. I can get it with you because I know. I know you're not going to turn me in, and I know you're not going to like throw me under the bus. And there's, I'm not going to have any. I mean, the way I grew up, it was a constant struggle, you know, either physically or emotionally. We were super loud at home, you know. We were there was there was you know mild violence more between me and my brothers fighting my mom was a badass you know so those are the things that i carry around that and i've replicated them you know i've went ahead and you know i don't have a family i don't have a wife i don't have children but i i got all those battles you know that i had growing up and to to put them where they belong i've had a super hard struggle with it you know, like I used to have a, a reoccurring dream because I was, you know, I was a frightened little kid. You know, I, I, I mean, most people view me as something other than that, but I was super scared when I was little, and I remember having this reoccurring dream where, um, remember those retractable vacuum cords? Remember the vacuums mm-hmm. that had the retractable um, cord? Mm-hmm. I would have this this dream where, you know, my mom, my dad, and all my brothers were strangled by the vacuum cord and somebody strangled him and here I was walking around the house petrified looking for this guy who did this and I would always have this fucking dream when we lived on Magnolia I would have this dream all the time because I I felt no sense of um, you know security like my dad he wasn't gonna you know you weren't gonna get anything out of him as far as like protection or something you know and my mom, you know, in that day and age, he thought of, okay, she's a woman, you can take her, that kind of thing. And then I had me and my brothers. It's like we, you know, I, f- I felt almost doomed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see how I carry that around today, the, oh, I'm doomed. You know, and I definitely see how I, I have that. But to put it in its place and not have it run the day for me is, is, a, is a tough call a lot of the time. You know, or be like that lion in that fucking cartoon, that, oh me, oh my, you know that one? No, what's that? Oh, cartoon? Yeah, it was a cartoon. I forget his fucking name. But he was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Not in a good way. (laughs) But so for me to feel that and to, to put those images or my past or, you know, what I'm carrying around down and and be present and be new and be open is is a real real work for me. Well, we have, it's interesting because I have a version of that only um, 50 years earlier. It shows you how universal things and what we're all going through. But I had a, I lived in a world I was very frightened of uh, a Sicilian neighborhood right at right at the borderline of a black neighborhood. And there was forays into both sides and uh, fighting and all kinds. I was very frightened that I had to run from it. Um, I would, when I would take off to walk somewhere, I would have to be very vigilant. For example, the world I come from had alleys um, between houses and 
and the block there might be two alleys that led to the back of the house, you know, back of the the fences, the backyard, alleys that would lead from the street to the back. Right. And you've walked through the alleys. Very dangerous place thing to do. But one thing about those alleys is that it was very natural, particularly for men, to urinate in those alleys. In other words, they're walking around, they don't they don't have a toilet involved, so they go into the alley. It was very common. I mean, was yeah, sort I, of I, I participated in that you one. You knew that one. To, okay. To this day. <laughs> um, anyway, I remember coming down, like coming down, coming towards an alley, I would read what's going on sometime about what I'd see about the alley. In other words, if there was warm urine coming down it, a oh, stream. Oh, you knew not to go? What? You knew not to go down the alley? Yeah, yeah. and now also that there was somebody either still there or just, could have just left, but there could have been people there. And they would stalk from the alley. In other words, you get attacked from the alley because you couldn't see. You know, or if they come in the alley, you can, you can come out of an alley and get somebody. Right, one step and you're there on them. Right. And oh, I, God. I read that. Um, and because I went, I went to the junior, first of all, I don't feel like I ever went to school because I was just so frightened all the time that um, the entrance, the, for me to walk up upright to the entrance of the school was impossible of what I would bump into. I would never get to the door um, with the milling gangs around. They'd see me, I would be, yeah, wow, well, I'd be, what a prey. They, so you they were could, just a mark. What you were a mark, you were yeah. a victim. They could well, they can get they can get me. But what I what I did is I went. I had a system set so that I would hear the bell, um, a loud bell. I could hear it almost a block away in this little street, and I'd be going to school car by car. And then I'd rest a little bit, then I'd creep around on my knees to the next car. I'd get so that the final car and getting to the door was about a. 40-yard dash. Now they're all kind of piling in, and there's a good chance that once they got in, I can make a run for it and get in the front front door of the school. And then the day begun of doing that for the rest of the day. So just fear. So I had that same kind of fear that some people call it a chronic fear. And part of this next level is that the possibility of less of that fear uh, to haunt our life could be by the next possibility. Do you think it, it's haunted you into... I mean, I know mine's haunted me, but I took on, you know, a, a different persona. Yeah. You know, and I took on, all right, I'm an asshole, or I'm, uh, you know, I'm stronger than you, that kind of thing, you know? I mean... Granted, as a child, I was always bigger, pretty much bigger than everyone. But then, you know, you, you take on this machismo kind of character or yeah. that I was a jock or I played football and all that kind of stuff, you know. And then I, you know, I would always stand up for the underdog, but like the cool kids that would pick on the other kids, I, I'd, you know, lambast them and let them have it. But then I, you know, you, there's victims in your wake of that kind of crap and, and I think it still affects me today. Did your posturing and like scurrying around behind cars? Do you think that affected your oh sure being and posture? And of course, yours was much better. So you got aggressive. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I mean, in other words, you could have saved some faces. At least you were aggressive. Mine was 
fear and not aggression and trying to find a way out. I could walk down the street and almost like take all the energy out of where I wouldn't even be a good prey. I wouldn't even, the predators wouldn't even want, in other words, they didn't see enough blood even to go after it anymore. It's a funny way to describe it. But it's like as though I wasn't So you were there. like inconsequential. Yeah, that's it's it. It's like, let him go. Yeah, it he's, he's not it. even worth beating up. Uh, you know, what kind of victory is that going to be, beating that creep up? Who would you get intimidated by more, or who would intimidate you more, the, the guineas, meaning your people, or the blacks? The blacks was the big fear, because they were possibilities of really... Uh, I had I had my group, you know. Of course, the bullies in my world, and I was afraid of them too. There was no race, there was no respite for me. School, an elementary school, was more of a Caucasian, but the Italians and their their uh, bullies, and they of course they had the they they used me to eat me up. They they ate me up and spit me out for their own power, you know. Like it's so funny that you say stuff like this that you were so feeble because I only know you as you know I had this whole thing with you where okay this guy's super intelligent bright he's on his shit and he knows his shit mm-hmm. and then to get the whole backstory of it and to get you know how you where you came from and what you've suffered I mean it was I've been seeing you for a long time but then when I when I see you and I talk to you that's the furthest picture in my mind, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I know you're an eight, almost an eighty-year-old man, and I know you you walk gingerly and and stuff like that. But I don't. I I look at you as a, um, you know, a wealth of truth, and you know, I see you totally different. I mean, that's yeah, what right. I get a little. I mean, when I listen to your son talk about you. Um, Sometimes I get angry, and I know I shouldn't, and I know I should just, but I get I get upset about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I go, well, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? That kind of thing. But I've always, and then I had that thing where it's like, you know, I described you as my guru, and you said, not, not, don't do that, because you're not going to get the information then. You're not going to understand it. And right. that was um, pretty telling for me, too. That was, a, you know, a real good insight. No, but, I, I've come up from that world very frightened and um, also had to then fake my way through things because when you you know to save some face then you have to develop another part kind of a fakery that you're more than what you are so you begin to lie about stories and because if to you know not make yourself more because you're in my own eyes I was so less one time uh, there was a there was a little fish market uh, that I my mother had me go get some fish and uh, but but I really had to be careful. It was a little into the black neighborhood, and I um, the blacks don't like fish. Oh, well, these were mostly Italians. This was for the it was an Italian owner, and um, it was a bad joke, Jim. Yeah, Come on, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, now, for me to get from my house to that store, for example, and I knew I had to go through a little of a black section, not much, maybe. F- 50 yards, 100 yards. I began to plan all along the way, stop at a certain place, view it, check the alleys, do, and then I could see the store, then I know I could just go to it. Well, one time, that all checking everything out, except I didn't anticipate that I had to go across a little street and then go, that this um, 
or blacks, gang of blacks, were hidden uh, around the corner. So I was heading my way. Anyway, make it short. They saw me. They got me back and take the money from me that I had to do that. But that wasn't enough. Now what they were going to do is try to throw me through, because there was a store on the corner, a grocery store on the corner. So they got me. Meantime, I said, I pleaded with them not to hurt me. And anyway, I have a bad heart. They said, you're a big liar. I said, no, I could die at any moment. You could you could punch me, I'll die. You You may go to prison for it. Oh, them, they weren't buying that story at all. You're a big faker. How old were you? Um, 42. <laughs> Now, this was last about, week. This week. No, yeah. what were you? Were you like oh, 14? Yeah, 13, you know, in that age, junior high school. So they were going to wing you through a storefront. Yeah, so they said, so they got what I had. I think they collected my money, and I thought they were going to let me go. Then they said, okay, they got my, they're going to go right, they're going to, they're going, but the last fun was going to be that they could throw me through the store window, a big pane glass window. And the owner of the store was a black guy. And I will never forget this guy. He came out, and he confronted them, and he told them that I was even trying to save his window, or uh, but that they would get What out. if he had some compassion for you? Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, no, I think he did. And he shooed them away and everything, and I went home, and of course with no fish and no money and no anything. Oh, they took all your st- all the yeah. fish, too? Yeah, well, they took, well, I never got to the store, Okay, if I remember... Um, Were so, you late everywhere? I mean, skulking around like that, for, you never made it on time anywhere. Well, for school, starting with junior high school, elementary school was different. I was afraid there for different reasons and academically zero and so on. But um, um, the school, the, yeah, I was late. I, well, I would time it that I would go in after everybody would be in. Uh, but nobody cared whether it was late or not. It was a, it was a school of survival, and um, the teacher that I had was a Jewish teacher, and he kind of felt Caucasian, and he kind of felt sorry for me because I was, you know, I was so afraid and so on. So he didn't... He didn't so it wasn't one of those feel-good school movies where the new principal came in oh, and no, saved no. everybody and you were safe to produce? Yeah. At all, and now I had to get now. So I got to school. I could hide in this classroom. Uh, luncheon was dreadful because they would steal my lunch. And um, anyway, but um, uh, what am I going to say? Now I had to get home. Was the next. So I would work out something with a school counselor or something where I would start getting sick about fifteen <laughs> minutes before, and they would send me to the office. They had to send me to the office because I was saying I was sick or some, some something or other. And then they got on to it. Then I would go down there, be in the office, and the nurse would say, or if I was the nurse, she'd say, nothing wrong with you, or you're not going to do this again, and blah, blah, all different things. Um, but I had to find a way to get to that office so that I, could have, I couldn't go be let out when everybody's being let out because... You'd be swarmed. I'd be swarmed. So I had to go there out. Then I would make a run for that little street, and that's how I get home. So the day was dreadful. It was. That's what learning meant when to you me. Go, when you go out, at, would you go out at night? Did you have any friends or anything like that? Yeah, I had. I go to the corner. I, as long as I would have the uh, the security of my paisans, they all lived on the same street, 
Um, so you um, would be watched after in a, in a way. Yeah, I, as long as I would stay within that group, yeah, I was I was okay. Well, speaking of groups, why didn't you um, why didn't you join the, the mafia? Was that kind of available to you? No, that wasn't even a question. No, of but course. your uncles were. Well, they were tough guys. I mean, they were totally something different. But you could have been like the accountant or something. Yeah, no, I couldn't because I don't know anything about numbers. <laughs> okay. No, that was, um, and then I just became such a frightened person that I was, I lost track about what the reality of fear really was out there and my own fear. In other words, I eventually developed now a tremendous inner fear. And um, all my rehearsing was all how to survive only. Uh, so school, I didn't learn anything. I was just um, terrible. Yeah, and my, my school was more or less like, how am I going to be, you know, obnoxious and act out and, you know. But you weren't get, afraid of the people, right? No, I mean, I, I was, you know, you would seek confrontation at some level. Like I, in high school, Adam and I had an English class together, and we both had, and this was near the end of the um, day, it was like fifth period out of sixth. And we had a teacher, and um, it was first day in class. I didn't particularly dig the teacher at all. And it was 20 minutes before the end of class, and he had assigned, you know, you just get your book and all that. Mm -hmm. And he had assigned us one of two stories to read, you know, me being the excellent student that I was, not true. But um, would ask him before the end of class, you know, which one of these two stories, you know, should we start reading? And his line was, Ray, why don't you take the book home, you know, read the whole thing. You'll be all caught up. You'll be ready for the whole semester. You know, everybody laughed, that kind of thing. I waited for the silence, and I just said, asshole. And he goes, mm -hmm. what'd you say? I go, you heard me. He goes, get out, of the, get out of the class. Get the hell out of the class. I go, what? He goes, get out of the class. I go, give me a hall pass. Gave me a hall pass. Mm -hmm. Got out of there. Done. Still can't stand that guy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I would just look for avenues of... of more or less self-destruction, you know. I mean, I, on everything. And then I'd put them under the guise of funny or, mm. you know, fun-loving or, you know, they would all fit under categories where I would justify them and think they were okay, you know, even though they weren't. You know, we used to pull this prank on girls, you know, go ask Ray how his mother dances, that kind of thing. And then she'd walk up and, you know, Ray, how does your mother dance? And I'd say, you know, my mom's got no legs. You know, who the hell told you to say that? Mm. That is so cruel. And then they would just cry or whatever it was, and we all thought this was hysterical. Right. i got to start doing that one again. No. But it was, um, you know, we would do that kind of thing all the time and think it was, you know, it was fine. Sure. See, so, uh, okay, um, let's maybe do a little sum up. Um, so Ray, Ray and I realized I had a lot in common in our youth, um, I had a lot of fear. He did, but his was more generated in uh, asserting himself and aggression. Um, mine, I took the other way out. Passivity, fear, uh, lost in my own fantasies, um, that kind of thing. Uh, vigilance to how could ward off the enemy. Ray, Ray could more tackle something if it came at him. So it's interesting. We both had our fears 
and you can think of yourself, our audience, uh, how was that for you, going to school for you? How was, was the, how were the bullies for you, fearful and, or so on? So I'm very surprised that I was, I was so fearful and passive. He didn't know that part of me. Uh, and that's been a real difficult part. So before we, and it's going to be a whole lifetime even to, and still have it, but... Um, you still deal with it, though? Yeah, there's a, there's a certain fear in me, yeah. I'm more, um, I have in a little better place. And maybe next time... Um, well, let's say let's say if you were at the grocery store, you know, and getting something, and um, let's say a big black guy said to you, you know, back off, old man, what would you do? <laughs> back off? <laughs> of course. I mean, you wouldn't say, like, excuse me, I was ahead of you? Oh, oh I, I would, like, first place I would read the situation as far as, as a protection or not. Usually when you get my age, they don't even want to... Like it was when I was younger. You're not even a good... You're not even good prey anymore when you get old. I mean, um, they have a little uh, a compassion. compassion. They have a respect to some degree or another. And the way I go, Trader Joe's... <laughs> You know, You're not foods. getting a lot of the gangs in there. Waiting for getting their 12-pack and knocking you over. And right. not, so that ain't happening. Right. So as we kind of wind down for today, and I was going to thought of a story that later in life, and how was that was a little different for me, as Ray brought up, how about now, if you're in a store? Um, but um, that's a little longer. and uh, um, Save it for next time. It's about when I was in the prisons. And that, that part of my life... Um, I spent a year and a half in the men's, the northern men lockups, the newest prison. It's in Kasaic. 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 Kasaic, that's right. Because somebody will catch me on that. Yeah. Say I pronounced it wrong. And make sure they know what you were doing there. Because now everybody thinks you were an inmate. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I wasn't an inmate. I was, uh, it's kind of a long story, but I ended up being a, a chaplain. To get, to get a prison chaplain uh, so I can get to because I worked on death row and um, supermax yeah that's that's the that's where I worked you're uh, a wayside is that the wayside? one up in, is that what it is called I don't remember the name I, mean, I think it's wayside yeah, yeah I was there you had supermax at wayside okay so that's kind of where I was and um, and anyway, next time I'll say a little bit about that and a real fear that I went through in that prison and was a little different because I was um, in a prison riot, very uh, scary, uh, that riot. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that. In the meantime, though, so you can see Ray and I were different in that way, though it came from a certain kind of fear. We took, different, we took a different attitude towards it and a different stance towards it. So um, this part we covered um, attention, the importance of attention, uh, what I call a next attention, attention that's even more than the general business as usual attention, an attention that's connecting to presence and a more of an alignment in my in in myself. And we talked about the magnetic center. And for even the, our audience out there, think of a place inside yourself that you begins to, to develop that you can call on that could help you. Um, uh, 
be more present in the situation, more conscious in the situation. Um, so next week we'll give you a little of the prison life, maybe a little more of mafias. I have many mafia stories. Uh, we'll do a little bit of that. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll add some steps in the ladder towards uh, a, um, our next level of consciousness. You know, if they took you in now, you'd be a godfather. <laughs> if the mafia took you. Oh, if the mafia. Yeah, if they took you I'd be now, old you'd enough. Be, no, you'd be like everybody would be kissing your hand and uh, you would be the, you'd be the shit. <laughs> yeah, um, age enough wise. Anyway, um, not toughness. Okay, so thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of it. Hope you could kind of identify with some of the things we're talking about. And invite you to join our journey. We're just on an experimental journey and you can be part of it. Thank you.